I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to a special edition of Catalyst for Change, the race for Boston. Over the next few weeks, we will introduce you to each of the mayoral candidates and their vision for Boston. Today, we are joined by City Councilor Anissa Asabi-George. A quick note about this episode. It was recorded during the transition between Mayor Walsh and Acting Mayor Janey. Councilor Asabi George is currently a city councilor at large in Boston and was a former Boston Public Schools teacher before being elected in 2015. She has served on the city council since 2015 and currently serves as the chair of the Committee on Education and the chair of the Committee on Homelessness, Mental Health and Recovery. She is a lifelong resident of Dorchester and lives in that neighborhood now with her husband and four children. Anissa, it is terrific to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I, I wish that we were in person, but it's at least, it's nice to talk to you. Yeah, well, it's great to talk to you as well. You have announced that you are running for mayor of Boston. And so we want to dig in and get to know you. Um, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about you and how you grew up and where you grew up and and how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, happy to sort of share my story a little bit about my history and and all that. So uh, Anissa Asabi George, I'm uh, born and raised here in the city of Boston and in, in Dorchester, and uh, very proud to be a Dorchester girl. I am first generation American. Both my parents immigrated to the United States. It's a little bit of an interesting story, but I'll I'll be quick about it. Uh, my mother is Polish. Um, she was born in Germany. Um, my grandparents uh, met in a displaced persons camp after World War II and um, met there. That's where my mom was born. And when she was little, they came to the United States. I, I, I like to share the story quickly that my, they, my grandparents, and my mother came through New York and my, my grandmother hated New York. Um, so they made their way up to, they had a, a family um, in the Boston area that they were friendly with. So made their way up here, ended up in Boston's West End displaced from the West End and then ended up in Dorchester and eventually made their home here and in the house that basically my mother grew up in is the house that I grew up in and just so grateful to have to have had them pick Dorchester for, for me. So when they landed in New York they already knew they were Bostonians. They knew it already. They knew, yeah. <laughs> they knew it already. Um, my dad didn't come to the States until his early 20s. My dad's from Tunisia from North Africa, uh, came in his early 20s, met my mother and um, fell madly in love. And uh, sort of the rest is history. But, you know, my story is one of, you know, an Arab Muslim meeting a Polish Catholic, which that's could be its own podcast. Yeah, totally. Um, could be its own reality show, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I lived it. I know it. Um, but, you know, for, for my parents, um, again, sort of that young love in the early 70s and after 40 years of, of marriage, uh, four kids and um, lots of work to make sure that me and my brother and my sisters had access to all the things that we needed. I know, but for our conversation today, um, something that I know you really love talking about is education and for my dad in particular, but both my parents, education was so incredibly important to everything uh, that they did and everything that they wanted to do. Did you go to Boston Public Schools? I so I went to a Catholic grammar school uh-huh. um, here in the neighborhood. I went to St. Margaret's Grammar School uh, up the street from my house that I grew up in. Yeah, uh, and then I went to Boston Tech for high school. Boston Tech is now the John D. O'Brien uh, School of Math and Science. When I went there, um, we were still very much interested in math and science, but it was also a technical high school. So I right. did sheet metal and electronics and drafting. I did actually two years of drafting and architecture. 
computer science and just, you know, was a, was an amazing experience for me. For one point in my life, I thought maybe I wanted to be an architect. Hmm. Uh, I'm happy I got into politics and education, but um, I'm very proud. You know, I I share this often because I am proud of, proud of it. But in high school, I, in sheet metal class, you know, I made a couple of different things. I made a dustpan. I made a spinning cassette rack. Uh Uh-huh. Um, which I, I have to see if I still have that somewhere. I made a little toolbox that still has a lock on it. I don't have the key and it has all of my high school notes that I exchanged no. with all my girlfriends back in no. the day. You need and to break that open. I gotta, I gotta, someday I'll cut the lock <laughs> off of it, but I feel like it's like my own personal time capsule. I love it. And then I made my mailbox that's on the, the front door of my home now. Um, I'm always, I'm so proud of my mailbox. <laughs> so, so in a pinch, you know how to weld. Uh, in a pinch, I know how to weld, how to Amazing. cut metal, um, how to read floor plans and um, basic drawings. Well, that, I mean, that's very important. This is a city that's growing all the time. So so that'll come in handy. Um, and and was the public school experience or the any school experience in Boston similar to what it is today, do you think? Well, uh, the one thing I'll say is high school for me um, was really a fantastic experience. And mm. you know that I eventually ended up teaching high school. Yeah, right, and right. High school teachers do it for one of two reasons. Either they had a miserable experience and wanted to do things in a very different way, mm-hmm. or they had a really positive experience. And for me, high school was very positive. When I went to, when I went to Boston Tech, and not that I didn't have a great uh, grammar school experience at St. Margaret's, um, when I went to Boston Tech, I just met kids from all over the city. Um, and it really just opened my eyes to the world around me as opposed to my sort of mini neighborhood here in Dorchester. Sure. Uh, and so meeting kids from every community was very cool. I you know, really fell in love with student government. I became a little bit of a student activist. It's how I became involved in the Boston Student Advisory Council, which is an important piece of my work as a city councilor. Yeah. And so when I started teaching high school many years later, um, I saw some of those same things in my students. Although I was at East Boston High and we had a high percentage of kids from East Boston mm-hmm. at the school, um, it also was for me. And I, I continued to learn so much more about the city through the experiences of my students. Um, and then when I was also at the high school, when I was teaching, I was also coaching. So developing even a different relationship with many of my kids um, through that was really spectacular. We have wonderful kids in our city. Uh, in our district across all of our schools. And I feel so lucky and so blessed to have had the experience of spending some of my life with them and, and them opening their lives to me. What did, what did you coach? So I coached softball. I was a little bit of a softball player um, as a young kid. And uh, so I played in high school, played a little bit in college, just a little bit. And now I, I, um, and then when I coached in at East Boston. And, and then I coached both in Dorchester and in East Boston and some summer programs. I'm raising baseball players right now. Um, but just, you know, I think athletics, specifically athletics play such an important role with our kids, especially our females, our young yeah. women. Um, but so don't any of those enrichment activities. When we think about how do we help our kids achieve and thrive, it's certainly the academics. Uh, but it's also those extra activities that shouldn't be extras. It should be part of what our kids are doing that make our kids, um, I think, fully appreciate and embrace all that they have to offer this world. And, you know, I've, I've continued to support athletic programming in our district because I've seen how important it was for me 
and for my brother and my sisters. And I see how important it was for my students, for my kids, for my own children who are athletes. Uh, but it's, it's about the athletic, you know, developing athletic skills and, you know, being a, a winner and a champion. Uh, but it's also about engaging in something different. I've, I have this line that I say to my own children, my own boys, um, you know, when they would explore different activities and, and my, my kids are, do play a lot of sports, but when they were little and they'd say, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, whether it was the violin or piano or baseball, I'd say, I'm not raising spectators. You got to get up off the bench and you got to give this your best try. Cause I, I, I don't believe in spectating. You know, life is not a spectator sport. You have to engage in every moment of it and you don't have to be the best. You've got to strive to be better um, and find your passion, but there's no room for spec, you know, just there's no room to be a spectator. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you as a soccer player myself all through high school and college. And I think the you learn to be a member of a team and you learn how to lead and um, all of those things are definitely trans transition you into, into life, I think, in, in many respects. At some point you were teaching and you that something must have happened for you to decide that you wanted to get into politics in the city. Can you talk a little bit about that moment when you decided to leave one occupation no. and 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 head into politics in, in a, yeah, so in a I, city I where think, politics is pretty intense? Yeah, no, it's pretty intense. And it's, it's something that I've always been uh, interested in. I've tried very much to be civically engaged and involved. Again, when I was in high school, that's where I found my, I think, my real passion um, for politics, especially at the municipal level as a high schooler. Um, you know, I fought city hall around budget cuts. There was some attempts to close my high school and it's, you know, really where I feel like at 15, 16 years old, I found my voice mm. and, um, a drive for this work. I eventually again, became a high, a high school teacher in Boston. And, and for me being in the classroom and working with my students, whoever was before me at that time, who was in my room at that time, I felt that it was very gratifying and satisfying for me to be able to serve in that capacity to support my kids, both in their academics and in, you know, if I was coaching, but also to make sure my kids had the things that they need, needed mm. at that moment in time. That was really important to me. It was very fulfilling uh, for me to, to play that role in their lives. And actually last week I did a, a Facebook live with a few of my former students Two two of my students who were in my initial class. And as a teacher, you never forget like that first year teaching that first yeah. group of kids. And then a third student who's one of, who was a classroom student of mine, but also one of my softball players. So just, you know, having that opportunity to reconnect with them um, and hear about their lives and, and, and see that I had some impact on them, some influence, positive influence on them was really kind of neat. But for me in 2013, there was an article, you know, Mayor Menino was retiring. Everybody, I say everyone and their brother was jumping into the mayor's race. Yeah. And there was an article on the Globe just saying, where are the women? And I remember I was sitting at my kitchen counter. Um, again, I'm active in my community, engaged in what's happening in, in East Boston, engaged in what's happening in Dorchester, um, you know, maintaining some um, level of civic engagement. And mm. so I'm reading this article and I say to my husband, I go, yeah, I go, where are the women? And, you know, he goes, well, what are you thinking? I said, I, I think I might look at this. And so he goes, all right. And like, he already knew what the answer was at that moment in time, what I was going <laughs> to do. Sort of like what happened in January this year. But, you know, so I had a, a, a number of conversations with a few friends and said, you know, I think that this is not just my moment, but this is a moment where 
a teacher should run for office. I mean, think about, you know, I think about everything in my life, my civic engagement, my connections to my community, my work building a business, raising a family, you know, all of these things. But then mm-hmm. I thought, you know, but really where are the teachers in policymaking? And, um, you know, I say it frequently, people voted for me and supported me for lots of different reasons. And by far the number one reason was my, my years in the classroom. And that still holds true today. And I do think we need to really embrace our teachers um, so they're more involved in policy development so that they're more engaged in that work because very few people um, who are making these decisions other than their own time in a high school classroom or an elementary or middle school classroom um, really know what it means to create policy and what it looks like as it's being delivered in the classroom, as it's being received right. in a school building. Um, and so for me, I think that's the greatest value add I've had to the work of the council, but also I'm a business owner. Also, I've got lots of other sort of interests, especially as an at-large counselor and, and looking mm-hmm. at and working on all of the issues um, that our communities face every single, every single day. Um, it's been really important to me. You know that I've got a particular interest in supporting our families who are experiencing homelessness. Um, when I, you know, we had as a family, we had a terrible house fire uh, many years ago when I was younger and that you know, we had a brief moment of homelessness and we had a community and a network uh, that supported us and helped us through that time. Um, and, but but that, that has always impacted me. My littlest sister was in preschool and you know, it just had such a such an impact, a profound impact on her. My other sister, who was in um, middle school at the time, just it really, really um, affected them. Yeah. Um, but I remember once teaching, and I'd have a, you know at the beginning of the school year, I'd have all my kids fill out an index card, leave some bio information about them, and I had this one kid that lived in downtown, and I was like, where does he live? Like, I can't like it was like high rent district. And I was like, who, like, it was just, I was so curious about where this student lived. And I really, yeah. it was important to me to know my kids. So I had this conversation with him and said, I just, where do you live? Mm-hmm. Cause to me, it was like the penthouse apartment at the four seasons. And finally goes, he was missed. I live in a shelter. And I was like, Oh, like it took my breath away. It was like, like he kicked me in the stomach. Yeah. Um, and I was so embarrassed. I was so horrified. Um, and I realized and, and sort of reflected back on other students I had. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I grew up in the city. I, you know, my life hasn't been easy. I've had lots of friends with different experiences, but to me that we've had in our city that we've allowed children to experience homelessness, that we've allowed them to be homeless. Just, it, it hit me. So a great deal of my work on the council has been around ending family homelessness, helping those with substance use disorders, improving access to mental health care, because uh, it, it's something that we need to be doing as a city. We need to be doing a better job of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and is that why you're running for mayor? What what tipped the scales for you? It's, it's a really interesting slate of candidates I and mean, it's gonna be transformational for the city. What made you decide to get into the race? Well, there's a couple of things. I, I, I wanna answer that question, but I, I also wanna reflect on that extraordinary shift. I mean, things are gonna change so quickly and you know, we will have, Obviously, um, Councilor Janie will become our acting mayor and, and what a spectacular moment that is right. and how exciting of a time for our city. 
It's exciting because we're going to have a labor secretary from Boston working at the highest levels of government and what a great and positive impact that's going to have on our city and our ability to do things and and that direct connection to the White House and to the federal government, the administration. Uh, But also, you know, Kim's leadership will certainly have um, that it'll create that shift for sure in the work of the city. And then we're going to have this election and, and who knows who the next mayor is going to be. I want to be the next mayor. It's why we're talking today and it's why I'm running for mayor. But right. even over the course of the campaign, the, the level of discourse, the, the, the topics that we're going to discuss and even through the campaign, how that's going to shift, what is most important here in the city of Boston even Councilor Janey as acting mayor, even the work that she'll do in that interim will be influenced right. by what's, what's happening on the, the campaign course. And I, and I say, you know, through all of my campaign events, especially over this last month and a half, that as an acting city councilor, as someone who is activated and engaged in that work as a city councilor, we discuss things on the campaign trail that can be put into place tomorrow. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't, we shouldn't hold on to any good idea that comes, you know, out in a forum, that comes out as part of a panel discussion, that comes out as part of a community conversation around my candidacy for mayor. And I'm certain hopeful that my colleagues who are also running in this race believe the same thing because we're all, you know, this work is important to us. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm a city councilor running for mayor, but I'm not willing to hold on to good ideas until I'm elected in November. It's, it's the work that's ongoing. I'm excited about that. And for me, I'm running for mayor because of the experiences we just talked about, about building a business in the city of Boston, how hard that is, about raising a family in the city of Boston, how challenging that can be. Mm-hmm. But also my 13 years in the classroom, we've never had a mayor who's been a teacher. And I'm really excited to take those experiences, both as a classroom teacher, but also what I've learned from my kids and my students along the way to that work and to be involved in um, in that work in a very in a very different way. I also I want to lead this city through both the celebrations and the ribbon cuttings and the parties um, and the difficult decisions. COVID, you know, right. we know we know what existed before COVID. We don't have to sort of outline that here, but after COVID, we need to make sure we have an appropriate and proper and uh, right response to the challenges that we, our residents have been facing across the district. And I wanna lead through that time. I wanna make those decisions. I wanna hold the lever of power in that work. And um, I'm excited about it. Well, talk a little bit about, you know, you're, put yourself in, um, in the office of mayor and, you know, and you start to do this work and we're recovering from COVID-19 and, you know, it's impacted everyone across the country in a dense way. It's, it's impacted parts of the city in unbelievable ways. How do you prioritize? What, what, what are the top things that you focus on and, and who do you need um, in city hall with you? You don't have to name names, but yeah. what sorts of expertise do you need to in city hall and kind of in community partners to, yeah. to make what you want to see happen, happen? Well, um, first of all, I appreciate the question. I appreciate the thoughtfulness of the question. I don't think we've gotten that, I've gotten that deep in in any of the questions I've received to date. I think it's really important um, that the work does happen in partnership, both um, when we think about uh, local government, we think about municipal government, state government, federal government. I have a hashtag I use on occasion, um, 
because social media plays such an important role in our lives. Yes. But I have a hashtag that I use, it's government is a team sport. We really do have to do this together. And although I want to lead the city and I want to be the leader of the city, mm. it's really important that um, as mayor, I'm working in partnership with the city council, that I'm working in partnership with the state legislature and the governor, that I'm working in partnership with our congressional delegation, with our labor secretary, with our um, federal administration. Government has to be a team sport. And that also includes our community partners because we know we can't, nor should we as government do it all. We have to do it in partnership with the experts. And and that's, I think, leads to the question that you um, mentioned around who's helping with that work. Who are who are the people around my table? And, you know, as I imagine, I, I came up with this phrase the other night with a community meeting. I've, I'm not a morning person and um, I've quickly become one because, <laughs> those, you know, the, the early bird catches the worm, but yeah. I'm a little bit more of a night owl, but I've got this like, I don't even know if, if any listener has a way to help me through this, but I've got this 4.15, between 4.15 and 4.30 like thing that happens and I'm up, I'm wide awake. So as I contemplate, do I try to fall back to sleep for another hour or two, or am I just going to just get up and get on with the day and get to the inbox? Yeah. Um, I think about, these are the things I think about, and I reimagine, or I imagine, uh, I reimagine what government might look like mm-hmm. under an Asabi George administration and how um, I'll, you know, who I'll bring to the table, and what that table will look like. And I think it's really important that the experts in all of the fields are at, certainly at the table, that it's a, a field, it's a, it's a table of a certain diversity that reflects our, our city that is racially diverse, that is um, ethnically diverse, that is gender diverse, but also expertise diverse. And I think again, about my role as an educator, my role as the teacher and how much of a value add that has been to the table of government, that we make sure that we have experts and certain expertise at the table, helping us make those decisions. And, you know, that's, that's making sure that those with lived experience are part of the work. That's, that's a great, it's a great point. And I am wondering, you chair two committees right now and uh, the education committee for city council and the homelessness, mental health and recovery and, and I think there's probably some overlap, like you talked about, between those two areas of focus. But can we talk a little bit about education for just a minute? It's a, we, have a, we have a very big boulder to push uphill for a while, I think. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, but do you see a path to a more robust education for all kids in the city of Boston? If I didn't see a path, I wouldn't be in this work. I, I mean, because like you said, it is a very heavy boulder. It's it's and pushing it uphill, just you know, we've got to figure out a way to change the mountain. Yeah. Um, because it's you know we've we've been pushing that boulder uphill for far too long, and you know um, many many mayors, many candidates for mayors over um, many generations have talked about the role of education in their administration and how they, you know, uh, ha- how they should be judged based on the success or not success of our schools and, and the experience of our students across, across our city. Right. And, you know, I think that many mayors have tried, uh, many mayors have had some success, but let's, let's give a teacher a shot at this work because yeah. you know, the, the intimate knowledge of uh, my experience, both in the classroom and in an educational setting is is one like unlike any anyone else's. So I look forward to reimagining what that mountain should look like. 
and and I think we also need to change the the conversation just a little bit because we talk about creating high you know high quality schools in every neighborhood or uh, making sure that our the, the phrase is making sure that our kids have access to high quality mm. education. Every every experience in any one of our schools in the city of Boston should be high quality. It shouldn't right. be making sure we have enough of an option of high quality. It, right. Every school needs to be a high quality school. And, and I think we've you know, we've got to change the way that we talk about it. We've got to certainly change our approach because uh, our approach is, is only working for a few kids and for yeah. a few families who have figured out how to navigate the system. I'm a class, you know, my kids came of age when I was already in the classroom and I had a hard time navigating the system and I'm right. part of the system. I'm a graduate of the system and a highly educated person. And it's still too complex. We've got, you know, we've got to simplify the process, but the easiest way to simplify the process is to make sure every school across the district is high quality, period, end of sentence. We just have to get there. And, you know, it, I, it's a simple statement, um, but it is truly the approach that we need when we think about education. And our schools, our educational system um, have been filling the needs of our kids, have been filling more of the needs of our kids than in previous generations. And, and we have to do that in partnership. We've done that in partnership with you, especially around food access and how important food access is. And we know the components that help our kids achieve, help our kids succeed. And our schools have become um, central to delivering yeah. those services. And when they do it well, they do it right. School kids achieve and are successful and schools become high quality. It's, right. it's not magic. It's, it's being, you know, thoughtful and very intentional and doing the work that needs to happen. Full-time nurses in all of our buildings, access to, to food, especially uh, making it easy for the kid to access the food that's in the building, right. mental health professionals, uh, librarians and libraries, and, and looking at sort of what are the components of a, of a strong and healthy and high-performing school, and then making sure that it happens. We, could go, we could go so deep on this, and maybe we will, but right now, uh, the last part of these episodes is a fun little lightning round that our production team has put together. So I have a couple of questions for you and you can answer them as quickly or at, at length as you would like. Um, lightning round is like quiz slash test. And as a right. teacher, it's so nerve wracking. Uh, yeah, no, these are easy because you know all the answers. All right. <laughs> I know all the answers anyway. That's why I'm running for office. Yeah. And I, we're hoping like we're all going, we're going to all benefit from the answers to these questions. So all right, first question, uh, where's your favorite place to go in the city of Boston to relax? Oh, my favorite place to go. It depends on the season, but I do, again, I'm a, I'm a hockey mom, soccer mom, baseball mom. Now I'm a football mom. Um, <laughs> but I love being wherever my kids are when they're happiest and they are happy at the hockey rink. They're happy at the baseball field. They're happy, unfortunately, also at the football field these days. Um, that's where I'm happiest. I love it. And do you have a favorite sports team? Um, I, again, I played a lot of softball um, growing up. I, so mm -hmm. I love baseball. I love baseball, but yeah. baseball also means spring and summer. Um, and I'm a much more of a warm weather girl than a winter sport girl. Okay. But you met, you probably are also a three season uh, advocate. 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, the answer is yes <laughs> to that, yes to that. But I'd also say my other favorite sport is, and we didn't get to do it this year, unfortunately, because of COVID. But when I joined the city council, I found out there was a city council softball team. And oh. one of the staffers from another office said, oh, and he said, would you coach us? I said, coach you, I'm going to play. Of course. That's a happy place for me. Okay, I love that. Um, if you drink coffee, where's your favorite place to get coffee when you're on the job? Um, so I, I drink probably a pot of coffee a day. Uh, <laughs> I've got my timer set again for early in the morning. So it's ready for me when I get up. Yeah. Um, so I do drink a lot of coffee at home, but I love the local spots. The sugar bowls at the end of my street. It's an easy spot for me. Um, there's sidewalk cafe, which does also a great egg and cheese, no matter what time mm. of the day. Um, and Good they have their sidewalk swirl, which has got a little whipped cream in it for a nice coffee. That's like dessert. That's also love coffee. It. Um, green tea, if I'm in Rosendale, um, Recreo coffee, if I'm in West Roxbury, there's some really great spots all across the city. I'm a big coffee drinker. Um, so, so there you go. Yeah. And I'm some hot and cold seasons though. Winter, I'm all about the hot coffee, warm weather, a little bit of sunshine today's like a nice coffee kind of day with the sunshine outside. Okay. I love it. This is, this is a little more complicated. Um, this is, I threw this question in. The city hall is an example of brutalist architecture. Mm. It's an intense building and space. What do you like about city hall? What I love about city hall is the fact that I got there when I was young. My I'm an Arab. My father said to me when I was interested in politics, the Arab girl with an Arab name will never win anything in this city. Um, and so I love the idea that I proved him wrong again, yeah. as much as I'm, a mom, a middle-aged woman. I don't know what I am. I hate that. It horrifies me to even think about it. No, no, no. Yeah. I am still my 15 year old self. Exactly. Father wrong every single day. You know, I love what happens in that building. Yeah. I love the work that I get to do every single day. And so I'm, I'm partial to it. We can do a couple of new things. I'm looking forward to the plaza being done over yeah. um, and how that, how that will change the feeling of, of city hall. But I love what happens there. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, last one. And we just all need a new place to go when COVID-19 has, uh, is over. Where's your favorite place to go to, for dinner? Oh, for dinner? Well, so I've got a great restaurant at the end of my street, 224. And okay. for me, it was like the perfect nap place. I have younger sisters. So when the boys were babies. If I get them down for a good nap before bedtime, 224 was always a quick, quick dinner. Love but it. I'll, you know, I love food. I'll eat, I'll eat anywhere. But I love sort of that small, locally owned um, spot. Wonderful. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. This has been great. And I, I think it really is going to help people get to know you as a candidate and as a potential mayor for the city of Boston. I love it. I can't wait to come back and talk more about all of the things we touched on today. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Councillor Anissa Asabi-George. If you would like to learn more about Councillor Asabi-George's campaign, please go to our blog for that and more resources. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston. Have a great day.